I want to paint a picture for you. Close your eyes and imagine for a moment that you're on the beach. You have a cream-colored cashmere sweater, casually but artfully draped over your shoulders. You're flipping through a book of Ina Garten recipes, maybe swirling a glass of perfectly chilled white wine. If any of this appeals to you, you might be a coastal grandmother. It's a term coined by 26-year-old TikTok creator Lex Nicoletta to describe the beachy lifestyle of a romantic comedy protagonist, and it's become this summer's aesthetic of choice. Rather than just a trend for clothing or interiors, it's a whole lifestyle. The ultimate coastal grand is Diane Keaton's character in Something's Gotta Give. And the perfect real life inspo is Oprah. Hobbies include, but aren't limited to, cooking, hosting, gardening, spending time at the beach and the farmer's market, and decorating your home to perfection. Essentially making your own life feel luxurious. You don't need to have grandkids or kids. In fact, many coastal grandmother practitioners are under the age of 25. But it's the latest in a slew of trends that flare up, invade TikTok, and develop their own communities of megafans. What does the coastal grandmother aesthetic tell us about how trends circulate online? And what does it say that many young Americans are fantasizing about being someone with tons of free time and tons of cash to burn? We'll cover those questions and more during this installment of Extremely Online. In this series, we explore how the internet is shaping American culture. I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. Remember to join future conversations. Tweet us at 1A. Let's start our conversation on coastal grandmas with a TikTok creator who has embraced the coastal grandmother lifestyle. Jennifer Evil Hare is a personal stylist who started posting fashion videos on TikTok during the pandemic. And she joins us now. Jennifer, welcome. Hi, thanks so much. So how did you first hear about the coastal grandmother trend? The same way everyone on TikTok finds out about trends, you're just scrolling. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Lex popped into my feed. And I think I jumped out of bed. I think I was trying to fall asleep at that point. And um, that it was just so new. And it just really was fun. I love the idea of it. What, what resonated with you about the trend? Was it that it was just new? Or was it something that you recognized as, as being a, part of you. Well, as a fashion stylist, I I focus on women 50 plus. And frankly, we don't have a lot of role models or a lot of um, aspirational uh, figures. We are usually trying to keep up with or not look ridiculous in the trends that younger people are doing. It's like, oh my goodness, for once, um, Rona, you know, older women can be celebrated. Well, you also made your own TikTok about the coastal grandmother trend. Let's listen. Why am I lounging around ignoring my to-do list? I'm embracing the new coastal grandmother trend. Seriously, when have you ever heard the words aspirational lifestyle and grandmother in the same sentence? This is so cool. Jennifer, why do you think this trend has gotten so popular? Well, first of all, it's nothing new. It's not scary. The The movie came out in 2003. So it's something we're all familiar with. And it is, um, it's comfortable. It's easy. It's certainly, uh, for those of us on the grandmother side of the spectrum, it's something that uh, really appeals to us. And when you mentioned the movie, you're talking about Diane Keaton and something's got to give. Yes. Mm-hmm. So is, yes. it, is it just about the fashion or is there more to it than that? Is there a lifestyle element that you see? It is absolutely lifestyle. You know, at an age when, um, you know, we talk about 
wanting to retire. And retiring is actually feels like it's something that's shrinking. You're, you're stepping back. You're not being as involved. And something about this trend means you're stepping up into a new lifestyle. You're embracing that. You've been working hard all your life. And now you're kind of enjoying it. And I think that's what's appealing. It's, plus, it's like I said, it's comfortable and it's easy. We got this tweet from Emily who says, as a Gen Zer, I can understand the draw. The coastal grandmother trend allows an escape. You create a relaxing and safe space that opposes everything the world makes you face daily. Now, Jennifer, you also told us about a coastal grandmother Facebook group. It's got about 52,000 members. That's a lot of people. What is that community like? It is crazy. It is a lot of women being very nice to each other. <laughs> Which, which we don't get a lot of. So there's, it, it runs the gamut. People have decorating, travel tips, what to wear, what to cook, and just reinforcing. And, you know, what should your grandmother name be? What kind of, where can I find a white button-down blouse that I don't have to iron? <laughs> it runs the gamut. You've been a stylist for many years. How do you think... TikTok is is changing the way people approach trends. I think um, it makes them more more personable. It, it feels like usually trends, at least when I was growing up, everything came through the magazine. You would read about, um, look at the pictures. But now people that, and, and TikTok is very relatable, so people that you see on TikTok are showing you these trends and you go, oh, I could do that. And also for me as a stylist, it reinforces that uh, the people I like to work with, the women 50 plus, there's a lot of us out there and they're very interested in in looking good and and finding ways to do that. So for me, it's just opened up um, kind of a a much larger world than I was seeing. How quickly do trends circulate on on TikTok? How, How, you know, fast does something, you know, move beyond being trendy? Well, you know, the group, you know, the group I'm in is probably not the most trendy group. You know, we're not out there doing street uh, fashion or whatever, but sure, it's, it's like anything. You want to, um, you want to know what's, what's hot and what's not. And obviously in, in about two or three days, you can uh, reach several million people. So that's, that's pretty impressive and, and it's pretty fast moving if something, if th- something catches everyone's imagination. But part of what I'm also hearing is that this trend, and I think others like it, also form these communities that are more, more permanent. Has that been your experience? I believe so. It'll be interesting to see how um, Coastal Grandmother fares after it gets a little chilly out in the fall. But I think it will because clearly, for example, this Facebook group, women go, oh, my goodness, I'm so excited to to be here. I think I found my people. <laughs> mm. I'm thinking if it, if it is getting cooler, then maybe it's less about the <laughs> the button-down white shirt and more about maybe a, a good cable-knit sweater. Is that Does that line up with the aesthetic? And curled up by the fire. <laughs> Absolutely. You go from, from, from the deck porch or yeah, the deck, the porch on the deck and then um, to the fire. Yeah, it all works. (laughs) What styling advice would you give to someone who wants to embrace the coastal grandmother trend? On one level, it's pretty simple. You know, you go um, a lot of white clothing, comfortable clothing. 
for women in my age group, my one caution is don't go too bag, go too baggy or too too comfortable because there is a fine line that um, you don't want to look sloppy. So uh, go with the colors, pick again, white, some blue striped shirts and um, yeah, but still try to look good. <laughs> That's Jennifer Evil here. She's a stylist and a creator on TikTok. Jennifer, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you so much. Lily tweets, it should be clear that this trend is for northern coastal grandmothers. I'm in Florida, and our grandmothers wear flip-flops like everyone else down here. So jealous of those who can wear cashmere. Let's bring in two new voices. Joining us now is Alden Wicker. She's a fashion journalist and the founder of EcoCult.com. That's a platform dedicated to sustainable fashion. Alden, welcome back to the program. Hi, Jen. Good to be here again. We're also joined by Rebecca Jennings. She's a senior correspondent at Vox covering the internet and culture. Rebecca, it's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And we want to hear from you. How do apps like TikTok and Instagram affect your shopping habits? Tweet us at 1A or send us an email at 1A at WAMU.org. Here's a message we got from McKenna in Colorado. TikTok has influenced my buying habits in a way where I'm more conscious of what I consume and has really pushed me into the world of like uh, thrift shopping, sharing clothes with friends, exchanging them, the the culture of the people I follow and the For You page that I always find myself on is one of uh, anti-consumerism. And I think I'm really grateful for that. We also got this tweet from Isabel who says, my favorite side of TikTok is Get Ready With Me, an Outfit of the Day videos, because they inspire me in both my shopping and also in reframing the things I already have in my closet. Seeing how quickly trends change on TikTok has made me focus more on investing in solid pieces and thrifting those trendy items, if that makes sense. Alden, what are your thoughts on the Coastal Grandmother aesthetic? Well, I have to admit that I actually don't follow TikTok trends at all for the very reason that I think that they encourage over-consumerism. But I, when I found out about Coastal Grandmother, I was all about it. It has everything to love. Um, I also am living the Coastal Grandmother's uh, lifestyle, but in the mountains. I'm cutting my peonies. I have some nice throws around. You know, I'm going to the farmer's market. I just, I just love it. Rebecca, what about you? What do you think is, is appealing about this trend? Oh, I mean, what isn't appealing about it? It's, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, you know, everybody wants to be Meryl Streep or Diane Keaton on the beach. Um, and, and I think what what also is appealing about it is it's kind of anti the current Gen Z, like fashion aesthetic, like the dominant one, which is very like Y2K, very psychedelic, very colorful, very loud. This is more, you know, it's about ease and about casualness and just being chic. And it's, I think it's a little bit more inclusive in the, in the sense that, you know, people can put on a, you know, a, um, a, a wide-legged pant and a shawl and feel a little bit like aspirational in that way. Whereas, you know, it takes a certain kind of person to pull off like a cutout halter top or something. Well, are we talking mostly about young people following this trend, Rebecca? I mean, I think, well, one thing about TikTok trends is like, it's really hard to say whether something is an actual trend or whether it's a couple of viral videos. So it's really impossible to say like, who is doing this? I think there are a lot of people making videos about it, um, looking in their closets and 
being like, oh, like I can kind of style a coastal grandma outfit. But, you know, are we seeing a ton of people like walking down the street in this in these kind of clothes? I don't know about that. But, but um, we do see these communities building. We, we heard about the 52,000 member Facebook group that's built around this coastal grandmother trend. Right. And I think a lot of those communities are about like looking at those kind of pictures and images online and kind of romanticizing your own life in little ways. And I think it's similar to cottagecore in that sense, where you see a lot of online communities that are like, you know, paradoxically very digitally oriented, but about this very like, you know, bucolic lifestyle. Now, you recently wrote about the proliferation of TikTok trends. This was at the end of last year. You wrote, quote, My theory is that our current collective obsession with trends is a response to the massive unpredictability of technology, finance, and health over the past two years. Rebecca, what is it about TikTok specifically that encourages the the emergence of these trends? Yeah, I mean, I think TikTok moves faster than any social media platform that has ever come before it. You can, you know, start an account on TikTok and go viral within a day or two. You can't do that on really any other platform because, you know, if your video happens to get swallowed by the algorithm, it can shove it in front of like millions of people's eyeballs um, if you happen to, you know, strike gold in that way. So every day we're just seeing like new novel things that come out of it. And people really cling to those new and novel things because, you know, maybe that'll tell us something about the future. And But, you know, do they really tell us much about the future? Like, or did that video just get swallowed by the algorithm? It's really hard to tell. Now, Alden, according to a survey by the data firm Marketing Charts, 39% of Gen Zers were directly influenced to buy a, a product because they saw it on TikTok. And as someone paying close attention to sustainability in, in fashion, how do you react to those numbers? Honestly, it makes me really sad uh, for a few reasons. One is that, um, you know, as Rebecca said, a lot of the trends that have really come out strong from TikTok that I've seen manifest in Brooklyn are, you know, neons, a lot of synthetics, um, a lot of things that don't look like they're going to stand the test of time or that they could have been thrifted, but really it's just easier to go online and buy it. Um so it makes me sad in that sense because I think it really is, uh, you know, pushing these trends that aren't really good for the planet or garment workers. It also makes me sad because uh, when I hear something like that, that's a massive amount of, of young people who feel the need to keep up with trends. And when you're in that vulnerable moment in your life where you're trying to figure out who you are, uh, it can lead to a lot of... Uh, it can lead to a lot of um, mental illness is too strong of a word, but sort of anxiety around who you are. And, you know, if I don't buy this, you know, what are my friends are going to think about me? I need this in order to get into the spaces where people will accept me. And, um, you know, we've all been through that moment and to have it turbocharged and turbocharged and exploited by such a insidious algorithm, um, it, it just makes me feel really bad that, you know, these people are exposed to something like that day in and day out, 24 hours a day. When we talk about that product recommendation piece of TikTok, Rebecca, is that specific to TikTok or are other social media platforms working in the same way? I mean, I, I think all social media platforms, I mean, it's part. Of, it's a key part of a lot of their strategies to make money um, are becoming like shopping hubs. Um, I think we see that a lot with Instagram where, you know, you can now shop directly on 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 the grid and on you can just swipe up from an Instagram ad and, and purchase something with the same ease that you'll like somebody else's post. 
Um, but on TikTok, I think because there's just, you can, I mean, you can watch so many more TikToks in the span that you can watch, you know, a single YouTube video. So there's just so much coming at you that you're seeing so much more products that are being reviewed. Rebecca, I've noticed just in, it seems like in the last maybe couple of months that formal ads, not just, you know, another user recommending a product, but formal ads started popping up on TikTok. Is that is that new for the platform? Um, it's it's not that new. Um, TikTok has been always been an ad based platform, um, but I do think they've become a lot more frequent and a lot better at con- like concealing themselves uh, as as ads because a lot of them look just like a regular TikTok video where it's someone filming themselves, some maybe a creator that you've already seen there, but they're being paid to do an ad. So it, I mean, it's very it's very good at you know kind of making people think that what they're seeing is is you know authentically someone recommending something, but it's a, it's a paid ad. Here's a message we got from Caroline on Twitter who says, I'm a younger millennial and after trying a few Instagram brands, I've come to associate products promoted heavily on Insta and TikTok as high cost and low quality. I much rather avoid wasting money on trends and stick with things that I know will work for me longer term. Rebecca, when we look at the way social media platforms have reshaped our relationship to fashion, how we interact with it, what stands out to you? I mean, I think it's just become so omnipresent where, you know, social media platforms, especially Instagram and TikTok that are, you know, vi- primarily visual platforms um, that a lot of women are on. Um, I, I mean, it's 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 so impossible to unspool that from, you know, body image, from consumerism, from, you know, what how to look better, younger, thinner, et cetera. Um, and, and so I think altogether that these things, you know, are really encouraging us to shop for things that, as Eldon can probably say more eloquently than I, like, that we don't need, that aren't going to last, um, that, you know, and, and this is nothing against the coastal grandmother trend, by the way. You know, I think it's an amazing, amazing aesthetic that, you know, everyone should should uh, embrace if they want to. But but yeah, I think this this culture of, you know, ever moving, ever like shopping, you know, Shein or, or another like mega fast fashion brand for the latest cut of something is, is a really destructive cycle. Coming up, more on coastal grandmothers and how the TikTok trend cycle encourages consumerism. Remember to send us your questions or comments for future shows. Download the 1A Vox Pop app and leave us a message. Let's get back to our conversation on TikTok's coastal grandmother trend. You know, Rebecca, talking about the coastal grandmother trend, I'm remembering we talked to you about cottagecore in 2020, which is similar in that it it, it encourages this sort of slow living and, and a kind of like domesticity. Why do you think we're seeing another iteration of this trend right now? I mean, I think coastal grandmother, as as Jennifer mentioned, is it's this is this is beach aesthetic. The wear, uh, it's really you know, it's really works well for summertime, and it kind of conjures these images of, you know, maybe spending time at a at a summer cottage somewhere um, on a lake or by the ocean, um, and, and so it really it seems attainable in the sense that you know, like if you you know and your friends rent an Airbnb somewhere on like a river or a lake, you can kind of cosplay as this coastal grandmother aesthetic. Um, and so it, it's attainable in that way. Obviously, like 
it, it's also very aspirational in the sense that, you know, the coastal grandmothers that we are, you know, lusting after are very wealthy um, women who, you know, are in movies who don't right. actually exist. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's just this element of like, this could be me right now. Right. And, and we're talking about specifically wealthy white women living on the beach. So from your perspective, I mean, how inclusive or accessible is it really? Yeah, I think people are drawn to the inclusive aspect of it because, you know, it is something that you can wear, you know, if you don't have a body that pairs well with the very, like, low-rise Y2K cutouts, psychedelic print um, aesthetic that's also really popular for for young people right now on the on the internet. Um, but at the same time, obviously, it is, you know, it's drawing on an aesthetic that is is very white, is very, you know, white woman with means um, and, and who is thin and who is like traditionally attractive. But I think in the same way that cottage core, at least like the current like iteration of it, it, it's a lot more inclusive and diverse than, you know, this, the aesthetics that it's drawing from, you know, like cottage core draws from fairy tale aesthetics, which again are very like, they're about princesses. Um, and, and I think with Coastal Grandmother, you see people that aren't like, you know, aren't in the age bracket, aren't in like this, the tax bracket of these people. But, you know, you can put on a shawl and put on, you know, a pair of wide leg pants and feel as though you're kind of having that lifestyle. Well, and as you're watching these trends cycle through, I mean, how are you looking at them against the larger backdrop of what's happening in the country and, and how maybe this is a response to some of that? Right. I, I think a lot of these trends where it's like you're you're looking back on it on a simpler time. It's just certainly a form of escapism. I, I think this this happens in fashion all the time. You know, every time that there's a big shift in technology or culture or politics, like throughout history, people, you know, return people, there's a return to the past. There's a movement to sort of like romanticize um a more ideal, a more rural, a more bucolic, simpler time. Um we saw this, you know, at the Industrial Revolution. There was there there was um a, a like the romantic movement was really, you know, let's go back to the Middle Ages, you know. And and you know, in theory, obviously, like no one wants to go back to the Middle Ages. Most people who, you know, enjoy cottagecore are doing so on the internet. They have like working Wi-Fi at their house, which they might not if they were actually living in the cottage, living in a cottage in the woods. So there's a, there's a paradox there where it's like, we're romanticizing this thing that we don't have, that we don't even really want to have fully, but it's nice to have the trappings of it. We got this email from Jen who says, I love this trend. I am surprised no one has mentioned Netflix's Grace and Frankie and their coastal grandmother lifestyle. Very, very good point, Jen. I, I think the Jane Fonda character, Lynn, leans a little bit more towards where the trend is. Uh, But yeah, definitely, definitely some alignment there. Rebecca, you know, there are a lot of influencers on TikTok specifically who make careers out of trend forecasting, you know, predicting the next viral trend. Do you see any end to the trend cycle? (laughs) As long as there's people that are, well, I think as Alden said, like trends are forever. There's never going to be a time when there's no like cultural or fashion trends. Um, But I do think that we're in this moment where there's such an appetite for calling the next trend because everything has been so unpredictable. And so, you know, we're looking for any kind of indication of what the future is going to look like, whether it's fashion or aesthetic or, you know, internet culture, whatever it is. People are, you know, as long as we're in this period of uncertainty, I think there will be people that are going to be really, really interested in hearing about like what the next thing is. Alden, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, for some folks, Buying a, a high-priced item, or you know, taking the, having the time to go thrifting, 
it may not feel accessible. It's like I've got a little bit of money and I've got a little bit of time and I've just got to find something that works for me. So how do you how do you advise people who are in that position? Well, I would say that, you know, the one of the first tenets of sustainable shopping is to know yourself, right? So you should know what you like and you should give it some thought. And if you're not purchasing so much stuff that's worthless, then um, you are going to save money, you know? And I really always try to push back against this idea that people who are lower income only deserve stuff that's going to be trash in a few weeks, right? I think everybody deserves some high quality things in their closet. And I do think that, you know, thrifting is a pretty accessible way. Every, you know, almost every town has some sort of thrift shop where you can go and you can look through the racks and find all of these things that are new with tags at this point. Well, what advice do you have for people whose social media is inundated with ads, but who also want to shop sustainably? Yeah, I would say that, you know, you can follow sustainable brands, but I would say, um, you know, it's hard, even if you're just, you know, I don't even follow any influencers and I still get ads in my Instagram account all the time. And I would say one good trick I use is I save it and I move on. And I know it's there if I want to come back to it, but I don't feel the need to purchase it right now. And honestly, I don't usually come back to them. So I think that's a good way to sort of feel like you got it, but you're not having to buy it. You know, Rebecca, I'm, we're sort of talking about two things right now. We're talking about the fashion piece of this and how that drives spending. But then there's also the the culture and community piece of this. And, and you've been critical about the proliferation of these trends. But what does it say to you about this desire to to connect, even if it's even if it's online? Yeah, I think that was a really, really big part of the pandemic when you saw a lot of these kind of buzzwords, these like niche aesthetic internet community buzzwords go viral. I think Cottagecore is obviously like the biggest example. But what we're seeing is, you know, groups of people that can congregate in places like Tumblr or Facebook groups or wherever it is, or like, you know, a certain side of TikTok or a certain like creator's feed. Um, you're seeing people that, you know, can find each other in the comments, can kind of bond over their shared love of this thing that, you know, every, that's, you know, perfectly accessible to anybody with internet access. Um, it's sort of like evens the playing field for people that like don't necessarily, um, have access to a cottage in the woods or, um, a, a little beach house. So, so I, I think it's, it's a huge way of people to connect even if it's just over, you know, a, 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 the pictures that they like looking at, you know, it's, it's, we all can, you know, bond over our shared love of seashells and an Ina garden. <laughs> mm. That sounds great. <laughs> We've got this email from Shannon who says, I kept seeing ads for these cute summery cotton overalls. I finally succumbed to the ads and purchased them. It took almost six weeks to arrive. And when they did, they were some horrible, shiny polyester fabric. I'm much more cautious with online purchases now. Alden, when you think about where the fashion industry is in this moment and where it's heading, especially in the age of social media, I mean, what are you, what are you watching for? You know, I, I, again, like I hesitate to uh, make any predictions because during the pandemic, there was a lot of people philosophizing about how people were going to connect to what's important again. People really care about sustainability. There were surveys going out saying like people care about environmentalism and they will, you know, they care about what companies are doing and they will pay a little bit more. But in the end, 
sort of our lizard brains come around and they, they, we get back into just doing what's easy and doing what's fun and, and doing, uh, and, you know, and shopping and buying things that are affordable, um, you know, and also like we're seeing a lot of inflation right now. So I'm not sure whether that's going to support the fast fashion industry because people are going to want to buy things that are still cheap. Um, because, you know, fashion is one of those things that has gotten cheaper and cheaper, even as everything else has gotten more expensive. Um, or whether or not they'll say, you know what, I think gas is more important this month than clothing. And um, they'll, they'll let clothing shopping go and focus on uh, the things that they, that are needs, not wants. Um, so I'm sort of looking for uh, less surveys around what people say they'll do and more what people are actually doing. Rebecca, your thoughts in just a sentence or two? I, I can't wait to be a coastal grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's Rebecca Jennings. She's a senior correspondent at Vox covering the internet and culture. Also with us today, Alden Wicker. She's a fashion journalist and the founder of ecocult.com. That's a platform dedicated to sustainable fashion. Alden, Rebecca, thanks for joining us. Today's producer was Arfi Getty. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again tomorrow. This is 1A.